Welcome to the teaching ministry of The Cause Church. We pray you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. So a pastor was giving a sermon, and in the middle of his sermon, a man got up and stormed out, which is every pastor's nightmare. And after his sermon, the wife came up, and she apologized profusely and said, I am so sorry that my husband walked out during your sermon, and the pastor said, well, I didn't know if I offended him, I didn't know if he had an emergency, and she looked at the pastor and said, well, he always does that when he's sleepwalking. (laughs) Think about it for a minute. I'm going to share with you today something that the Lord laid on my heart that I strongly believe it's not just for me, it's for you. It's for you sitting here, it's for you joining us online. Um, I'm in the process of what I'm sharing, so I pray that it won't be emotional, but that you'll hear the power of what the Word has for you. We're going to look at the book of Acts, and we're going to read about Paul, and I believe that today's message is specifically for somebody who's in a place they don't want to be in. It's a place they never anticipated being in. And some of you even feel like it's a really small, constricted space, and you're stuck. And you're not going to be stuck. So will you stand with me? And we're going to look at Acts 27, 20 through 24, and we're going to stand while we read the word. Paul's in the middle of a miracle in this passage, but I want you to know he's also in the middle of a mistake. And sometimes the two can be the same thing. It's just a matter of your perspective. Acts 27, verse 20 says, When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. And after they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice not to sell from crate, and then you would have spared yourself this damage and loss. But now I urge you to keep up your courage. Say courage. Because not one of you will be lost, only the ship will be destroyed. And last night an angel of the God whom I belong to and whom I serve stood beside me and said, do not be afraid. Say, do not be afraid. afraid. Good job. You must stand trial before Caesar, and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So here Paul was on a ship. There's a storm raging. It It wouldn't let up. It was a storm he couldn't get through quickly. He thought if they don't hit an island soon or land, they were going to be destroyed. Don't, don't worry, I know you're standing. And what happened is amidst all of that, they lost all of their hope. And they were in this terrible storm waiting for their ship to just fall apart. They quit believing that they could be saved. They quit believing things could be different. They quit believing that they could be delivered. And right when they had lost all their hope and let go of their hope, God came and spoke to Paul in a powerful way. And he was a missionary, and he always took the gospel to everyone around. And it says in 2725, keep up your courage. Say courage. Courage. Man, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Tell your neighbor, have courage. courage. Father, I pray that your word will go forth this morning profoundly and powerfully. God, not my emotions, not my words, God, but your promises. My heartfelt prayer is that I'll be your conduit and you'll speak through me, but God, let your sovereignty and your authority flow. And I ask that we'll not just hear your word, but take your promises that will change our heart, will change our mind, 
and we'll focus on who you are. And when we leave this morning, literally, God, there will be a revelation in our life. And all my precious friends said, amen. Okay, you can sit down. So Paul was on this boat, and he wanted to go to Rome. Rome was the place to be. He wanted to go to Rome. His heartfelt desire was just to preach the gospel to anybody and everybody that he could talk to. And you know, we don't know why we always go through what we're going through. He's on a ship. He didn't think he really belonged on the ship. He was looking at two things that we see in this passage. We hear a strong faith that God's gonna prevail and it's gonna happen the way that God wants it to happen. But there's also a frustration in Paul because he said, if you would have done what I said, we wouldn't be in this spot. In other words, the reason we're gonna wreck this ship is because of the decision you made. And if we stay in this place, in this storm too long, we're gonna drown. So my first point this morning is, at some point, you have to stop trying to figure out why something happened. Listen, my husband passed away. I spent countless hours walking, asking God why. And at some point, you've got to let go of that and say, okay, God, what do you want me to learn from this? What are you going to do in my life? It is not our job to figure out who God is and why he makes his decisions. When I used to call people that were going through difficult times, I would try to give them a reason or an explanation for what they're going through. And I finally realized, and I really realize it now, people don't need a reason when they're in the midst of a storm. All they need from you is the reassurance that God is God, you've got their back in prayer, and God will never leave them or forsake them. Please, please, when somebody's suffering, don't be so quick to give them a reason. Well, the reason your kids are rebelling is, no, don't do that. Just tell them, I'm here, I'm praying for you. So here's Paul, he's in the midst of a storm, and the reason it's happening is because of their dumb decision. It was like a dumber than dumb decision. And it was really not a happy moment. They didn't know if they were really gonna live. And I know some of you are going through storms because of a dumb decision somebody's made in your life. Now I know this is an awkward moment because you don't wanna poke your neighbor, okay? But the bottom line, and Paul says to the men, look, if you would have just done it this way, and he says, it wouldn't have had to happen like this, but I know in my belief system at this point in my life that we don't need to figure out whether God did it or the enemy did it. We need to know that God is in charge. God will take care of us. God will never leave us. God will never forsake us. Shake it off. I've read enough of the Bible where I know, like even with Joseph, his brothers sold him. They sold their own brother. Joseph went through a lot of things, but the Lord came in and used that for his glory. When he finally saw and fed his brothers later, he knew that what they had done to destroy him, God had used for his glory. So I ask you today, when you're going through a difficult time, why can't it be both? Why can't an attack from the devil be used by God as he repurposes it for good in your life? Yeah. Really? Come on. Don't blame it on God. And number two, if you're stuck trying to figure out a reason, you're going to miss out on the revelation that God has for you. Turn to your neighbor and say revelation. Paul says there's a reason this had to happen. 
And he said, when the storm was raging, when I was all alone, God showed up and reminded me that his purpose is still intact. Listen, we've got to stop thinking in the natural and allow God to come in in the supernatural. God doesn't give Paul a whole series of explanations. He gives Paul a revelation of who he is. I am God. I'm taking care of you. You're not going to die. And you see, revelation is far more powerful than reason. Revelation is looking at things through the Lord's eyes, through his word, and not trying to figure it out in our own mind. You can't fight the enemy, my friends, with reason. You can fight the enemy with the word of God. Paul told them, he said, we're going to run aground on some island. It had to happen. Say to your neighbor, it had to happen. Sometimes you'll ask God for a reason, and he's going to bypass that reason, and he'll give you a revelation. And his revelation, and I'm being redundant, so you're going to get it. His revelation is, you belong to me. I love you. I'm not going to leave you. You are in my hands. I'm going to use you. I'm going to protect you. Don't operate by reason. Operate by revelation. God's a good God. He knows what's best for you. So number four, when you have challenges, you need a revelation, not a reason. And again, I know I'm being redundant. Listen, I had my grandsons. I had Amos and I had Asher. Amos is seven, Asher's 13. And I said to them, I have a Siberian Husky on a Friday night. We're going to take Gracie um, for a walk. And Amos goes, I don't want to go for a walk. And I said, we're going to go for a walk. So being like a seven-year-old, Asher was fine. We start to go for the walk, and here's Amos. Amos, come on. I don't want to walk, Grandma. Amos, come on. So I finally walked up to Amos because a demonic seven-year-old demon attached himself to Amos. And I said, Amos, we're going to go for a walk. Why? Why? You need to give me a reason, Grandma. Now, I know you all read the Word of God and you don't watch The Simpsons, but all of a sudden... I flashed back to when Homer grabs Bart, which Bob was the one watching The Simpsons, by the way. <laughs> and I realized I'm his grandma. I did not bring him into the world. It is not my job to take him out of the world. But I told him, I am your grandma. I gave him a revelation of who I was, not a reason why we were going to walk. Then I also gave him this little square light that I have that he could push the button and it was a bright light, or he could push the button and it wasn't as bright, or he could push the button and it was a red light, and he played with this light the rest of the walk and was okay. <laughs> Paul said, we're going to make it. Sometimes in your life you're not going to know why things happen, but you will always know who your God is. And then it says in Acts 28, once, once safely on shore, they found out that the island was called Malta. So they landed on this island called Malta. And Malta in Greek, it means honey sweet. And they were on a, an island that they did not speak the language. The people were not familiar to them. It wasn't comfortable. Paul wanted to go to Rome, which was this huge, beautiful place. And they ended up on this little island called Malta. And that takes me to my next point, that the grace of God doesn't always prevent difficulties but it'll always give you a safe place to land. Sometimes we're going to run aground on an island. It was probably a relief for them because they had been tossed all over. They thought they were going to die. They, for weeks, they thought their ship was going to fall apart. And it said that when they landed in Acts 28, 2, that the islanders showed them unusual kindness. 
So Paul gets off of the ship. He's wet. He's cold. He's hungry. He survived a shipwreck. He's on an unfamiliar island. And he's on this island, Malta. And the, the islanders embraced him. And so I need to show you, and I think they're going to put the map up. But here's this boot. And this is Rome. This is Italy. And he ended up, Margaret, Malta, see that dot that you can barely see? This ugly little place. This is Malta. Malta's just like this little speck of nothing, and he wanted to be here. And some of us in our life, we have this grand place that we're headed. Like, I'm supposed to be retired with my husband. You know, that was my Rome, and we end up on our Malta. Where's your Malta? Where you didn't really anticipate you were going to be. It's not where you were planning on going. Have you ever been to Malta? Some of you are on Malta right now. It's the season you really didn't anticipate or didn't see. Maybe you got laid off. Maybe it was a relationship that ended that you didn't plan on. You land on it unexpectedly. I really believe that God's going to move today for those of you that are on Malta. Have you ever given up hope and just when you give up hope, God grabbed a hold of you in the very depths of where you are and he grabbed you and you realized who he was and the power of who he is instead of looking at where you're at and your circumstances around you? So the Bible says that the islanders greeted them and they were kind. There were over 276 um, prisoners on the ship. And so they decided, it says in Acts 28.3, that Paul grabbed a pile of brushwood and as he put it on the fire, a viper driven out by the heat fastened on his hand. So the read paraphrasal is, they had this brushwood and they're building a fire because Paul had come off the ship, probably had seaweed hanging from his head. He's cold, he's damp, he's hungry. They're starting to build a fire. He's standing there and he thought, well, I don't want him to think I'm just lazy. So he goes over to help them and then all of a sudden it says... He thinks he's made it to safety. He's building a fire, and this viper grabs him. It doesn't say it bit him. It grabbed him. Really? Just when he thought everything was okay, seriously, a viper grabs him? And it wasn't a quick little bite. It fastened onto his hand. But you know what I think is fascinating? Look at what the people did, because we've got to be careful of what people say. The islanders are watching this man who now has this viper on his hand who came crawling out of the sea and they're thinking, if you're really a servant of God, then why did God let this happen? Yeah. Has the devil tried to convince you lately that God left you and doesn't really love you? Listen, when Bob passed away, I had people say, if he wouldn't have opened up the church, he would still be alive. They didn't come and bring him aspirin. They didn't come and bring him an ice pack. They thought he probably did something wrong. He must have been a murderer. It says in Acts 28.4, when the islanders saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said to each other, this man must be a murderer. For though he escaped from the sea, the goddess justice has not allowed him to live. And I love the next verse. Watch this, when Paul saw them all looking at him and he knew he had a captive audience, it says in 28.5, Paul shook the snake off. The TSV version, the Taylor Swift version says, player's going to play, 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 play. Hater's going to hate, 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 hate. Shake it off. 
Shake it off. Shake it off. Shake it off. Now that I've embarrassed my kids, how are you going to respond to your trials? Shake it off. Paul shook the snake off into the fire, and he had no ill effects. His response was he didn't say a word. He was freezing. He was cold. He was where he didn't want to be with people he didn't know that weren't familiar, weren't comfortable. Viper attaches itself to his hand. I'm sure it didn't feel great. He didn't go on FaceTime or Facebook. He didn't sit and mope. I can't believe I'm in Malta. It's too hard. God, why would you do this to me? He shook it off. Listen, my precious friends, he shook it off before it got into his system. He shook it off before it killed him. He shook it off when they were standing and watching him. He shook it off because that wasn't part of his destiny of what God called him to do. He was going to go to Rome to serve God. So I knew you wanted to see a snake, and so I asked this um, Christopher, who is very familiar with snakes, to come out and show you what this would be like. So I know you're all really excited about this. Hi, Christopher, you can just keep your distance. I don't particularly love snakes. I know the front row, they're really, really excited about seeing what you have for us. This is Christopher, our snake handler. John especially loves snakes, but you can't let John get hurt because Jenny will take you out. There you go, there's a viper. Big viper. Actually, this was the biggest snake that Christopher had. It's not quite as big as what bit Paul. Thank you, Christopher. So the viper, I know, I know it's really dangerous, but it's okay because I've got this. Okay, I've got the head, it's okay. So the viper attached itself to Paul. It's okay, I've got this. He makes me nervous. It attached itself to Paul. Like it didn't just bite him, it attached itself to Paul. And he just took the viper and he shook it off. Thank you, Christopher, you did a good job. Are you okay? I know. Do you want to finish my message for, oh. <laughs> Give him a hand. I'm telling you, faith will prevent you. Yeah, we're going to have people running out of here. <laughs> faith won't prevent you from being shipwrecked, but faith will prevent you from getting bit. Faith will protect you. The people didn't help him. They just watched to see if he would die. And then it said they expected him to swell up or suddenly fall dead. But after waiting a long time, they saw nothing unusual happen to him, and they changed their minds. And now he went from being a murderer to they said he was a god. Well, it's really, really interesting because he shook off the snake. He knew he was going to live. And he made the decision while I was on Malta, am I going to be miserable and be on Malta? Or am I going to use this for the glory of God and be on the mission and fulfill the destiny of what God has? You need to decide. I could quit my sermon here, but I think there's a point that we would really miss. He didn't choose to go to Malta, but Paul chose to make the best while he was at Malta. So I think too often we pray that we'll have an opportunity to be used by God, but we don't want to stand up during the adversity that we have to go through. And so Paul shook off the snake, and all the islanders were telling one another about this amazing man that this viper that had poison should have killed him. 
you know, latched onto him. He shook it off. He's fine. And so it says in 28.7, there was an estate nearby that belonged to Publius, the chief official of the island. By the way, I'm so thankful you and Jenny didn't name the baby Publius. Thank you for not doing that. I'm just saying, okay, anyway, we'll come back. And he welcomed them to his home because he wanted to know who this amazing man was that shook off the viper. And so he welcomed, now I'm going to read paraphrasal. He welcomed Paul and his men to his home, and he served them for three days. And he was just doing the best for him. He just had this great, amazing food he was feeding them. And scripture tells us that one day while they were eating, and this is how I picture it, they were eating, and in wills this older man in a wheelchair. And Paul looks and says, who is that? And Publius says, that's my dad. He's got the Malta fever and dysentery. And Paul kind of looked, and he said, there's nothing we can do for him. He's going to die. And I see Paul looking at that, and he probably started to smile, which is a weird thing to do. But Paul realized why God took him to Malta. He realized, I'm here to heal him. And it says in Acts 28.8, his father was sick in bed, suffering from fever and dysentery, and Paul went in to see him. And after prayer, he placed his hands on him, and he healed him. So the very hand that had the snake, sorry, I can't mess up your hair because you have a hat. Such a nice head. <laughs> the very hand that the viper was on was a healing hand. Yeah. He healed him. Yeah. The very thing the enemy came in to bring destruction, yeah. to take him out, God turned around and he healed with that very hand. And that's something that we sometimes miss in this passage, and we need to not miss it because it's about release. He released his life to the Lord and said, God, use me. And then Publius' house turned into a church, and all the islanders came, and he healed the islanders. And he ended up on this small, unexpected, crummy little island called Malta, and he healed all the people there and led them to the Lord. And even though the viper came and bit him, even though it looked like he was going to get destroyed on the shipwreck, God used that for his glory. Have you ever been to Malta? What's God going to do for you? That small place, that place that you didn't think you'd end up there, that place where you're changing diapers and you have the kids and you're so tired, that place where some relationship failed and you didn't see it coming. Or maybe you're 29 and you thought by now you'd be married. Or my age, and you don't have your mate. God can turn that around for his glory. While they were getting ready for a shipwreck, God was positioning them for a revival. It was a mistake that turned into a miracle that turned into mission. And I want you to know today, this is God's word for you, because some of you are on that Malta. You're in that place that you didn't anticipate. And I want you to know that God can take where the enemy came in to bring destruction and destroy you. He can turn that around for his healing, not just in your life, but having other people see you move with his power, with his authority, changing your life and those around you. Have you ever been to Malta? Will you stand on your feet so I can pray for you? God wanted you to know this morning it had to happen. Some of you have even dealt with rejection in your past. You've gone through different pains. And God wants you to know he's going to take that and turn that around and bring a healing. And again, I speak over all of you. It's a healing that's not just going to touch your life. It's going to impact 
and touch those around you. You have healing in your hands. It had to happen. My precious friends, when the wind was controlling that ship and it was getting destroyed, God was controlling the wind. God allowed it to happen because of what he had for his plan. And if you can accept it, that very place where you've been injured will be the very place where your purpose is going to come forth and God's going to turn it around and use it for his glory. I'm not telling you it's going to be easy. I'm just telling you that God is God and he's got this. Even the mistakes, God has you in his hands. Shake it off. Move forward. Let him come in. Don't look at your circumstances. Look at the promises of his word and who he is. Father, I've declared your word this morning. I've declared that there's people online, people here, and you've promised, God, that your blessing's going to pour forth. And I pray that today's going to represent, God, a dramatic shift in our perspective. And that we won't see ourselves stuck on Malta, but that we'll realize we're not stuck. We're stationed. Say with me, I am not stuck. stuck. Say it louder. I am not stuck. I am am stationed. God has you right where he wants you. He has an assignment for you. Because even if someone else puts you where you're at, God's going to use it. Acts 28.10 says they honored Paul in many ways, and when they were ready to sell, they furnished him with the supplies that he needed. And I speak that over you. God says, if you'll do what I put you here to do, I'll give you what you need for what I've called you to do. My precious Heavenly Father will supply all of your needs. He is your provider. He is your rock. He is your source. He is your redeemer. He is your strength. You are a conqueror through him. Where is your Malta? Heavenly Father, you know where our Malta is. You know the tears that we've shed, God. You know the regrets that we've had. But God, you've brought us here for this season. You've brought us here for this reason, for this moment. And God, I speak to you and say, come in, God, and do a miracle that only you can do. Let us not focus on why things happen and look at things through our own eyes, our own flesh, but focus on who you are and move in your supernatural strength and power and authority. And I thank you, God, that you are going to move us out of our misery, our tenderness, our heartache into our mission, God. I thank you that we are going to move with your bold faith. I thank you, God, that we are going to move with your authority, with your strength, with your power, that we will be unshakable, immovable, firmly grounded, God, that nothing will sway us. We won't falter. We won't look to the left. We won't look to the right. We will look at you, that we will shake off whatever happened and press forward because of who you are. And all of my precious friends said, amen. Thanks for listening to this message from The Cause Church. For more information about The Cause or for further resources, visit our website, thecause.cc or call 714-255-0930.